There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As always, my name is Jiggity Jiggity Joe Spellman. Oh man. Start over. Retake. Retake. And this is. David Futernick. And this is. Uncle Zio. Oh. And we talk. He did. Season. Season 5, episode 7. You mean season. Fivity, fivity, five. Episode right. seven. I'll see you guys later. I'm yep. out. In Cramelot. In Cramelot. Cramelot. Uh, yes, it Fran is. Feldstein. <laughs> yeah, who dated JF Cray. Not a fan favorite, but stick with us because we got something to say uh, about this episode. I do, at least. Happy birthday. <laughs> something beyond something beyond that. <laughs> uh let's let's dive right into it here. Uh, Please. This is written by Terrence Winter, directed by Steve Buscemi. Dream team. The dream team from uh, of the uh, notorious Pine Barrens. And Boardwalk uh, Empire. And, and well, yeah. Ultimately, I, I think it was Pine Barrens, not this episode, that uh, <laughs> that prompted them to work together on that series. But uh, I don't know. But uh, hey, you never know. I mean, they obviously had a good working relationship. And mm-hmm. uh, look, this is not a fan favorite. We we know this, no. and we said the same thing last episode with sen- sentimental education. Uh, we talked about this, like obviously before we started doing the podcast. A lot of the way that we consumed the show was coming home late at night or, you know, just like being bored, like in your apartment. And you're like, I'm going to watch a couple episodes, which sometimes leads to a few episodes. This is not an episode I would sit down and be like, I got to watch in Camelot. Very rarely is this something you you turn to. Right. But I I think in that, like it does uh, upon a revisit feel a little fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you just haven't seen it as much as other episodes. And you know that the parts that are not your favorite parts of the episode, you know are coming. Yeah. But the parts that are, are, are 
better and more interesting, you maybe sure. forget. And you guys didn't watch it live, did you? Yeah, I watched I this did, live. Yeah, yeah I watched, watched this live. Oh, I, I remember starting... watching live and being like, this episode sucks. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> I watching I started season live four live. And being like, it sucks. But then when we watched it again, which I, I don't know when the last time I watched it was, probably when I did my rewatch in 2013, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot it's like JT Dolan. There's, there's moments yeah, yeah, that JT are Dolan. like classic here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, you're going to get that when you have Terrence Winter writing and you have Buscemi directing. Mm-hmm. Um, for those uh, out there who are not privy to what we're talking about, in case you haven't watched it since 2013, like Spells, uh, <laughs> this is, of course, the episode where uh, Johnny Boy's Guma stops by to sing a very special rendition of Happy Birthday, Mr. President, to Tony. Uh, Uncle Junior goes on a food-tasting tour at a series of funerals. Spicy. Yeah. (laughs) Chicken's nice and spicy today. Uh, Sound like like fucking Jim Carrey in the math. (laughs) (laughs) This chicken is spicy. Um, What kind of spicy chicken we got for a funeral, too? I know, really. They're yeah. they're they're not going mild at the funeral, really. Um, all those old respect, though. I mean, I love some spicy chicken. Sure, but, but all like, the olds not... there. Like, come on. <laughs> hey, June's an old, and he he appreciated the spice. It's true. Um, Christopher in this episode extorts his uh, sponsor. Is it is is he Chris's sponsor? He Chris yes. is not his sponsor though. No, I believe okay. he's Chris's sponsor. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and Phil Leotardo gets into a little fender bender, which mm. is which is maybe the most classic scene from this episode. Rock the Casbah. Uh, we do have a bunch of first appearances this episode. Mm-hmm. We have J T. Dolan, uh, played by Tim Daly, mm-hmm. uh, who I, I mean, look, we talked about this while we were watching. Yeah, you you guys are are, are fans. I I also I actually like Tim Daly, but I just felt like. Something about the relationship between him and Christopher, like the broy thing, just rang a little too fault. Like it, it just rang like, I don't know. He was he was laying on pretty thick to be like, hey, we're bros and we're friends and like. But this know, is what the show always does. Like anyone who's like a citizen, I mean, is portrayed I, yeah. in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, remember like David Chase and I would imagine Ten- Terrence Winter as well. Like they're. Their disdain for Hollywood, their disdain for <laughs> sure. the, a certain type of writer who's right. like a total tool bag. Yeah, right. like he clearly is probably an amalgam of like all these TV writers that they despise, or definitely 100%. someone that they work, or someone, like, yeah, or some producer, yes. yeah, Northern Exposure writers. <laughs> it's room. yeah, it's yeah. just a conduit. <laughs> for, the Rockford Files. It's a conduit for for Chase and his writers' room to just like just air out all their grievances with. Hollywood and and writers and and, and all the all the reference the name drops are always so funny like <laughs> Dick Wolf funny. and Nash Bridges yes, and of like, course. Like, I mean the, I mean I completely forgot that Paul Sorvino show uh, that's life <laughs> that's life <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. god as an actor uh it, it, and I'm sure that there are plenty of actors and writers today who mm-hmm. a lot of times if people don't know this you may get a large sum of money uh, at one certain time as an actor or a writer. Yeah. When you not, after not getting yeah. money for yeah. <laughs> like two right. years. Right. Residuals so or yeah, a job it, just like happens. And it is not like uncommon for that when that happens for you to blow it all. <laughs> yes. On maybe a Z three, whatever the hell that car is, <laughs> or or fucking betting or on gambling. the Yankees. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I know from experience. So, it has definitely so happened. Spells, you are <laughs> JT Dolan is who you uh you identify with I the wish, most in I the entire wish series. I was like a cocky ass writer, like <laughs> being able to get like, you know, a fucking uh episode payment and yeah. all that. Somewhere but, between uh JT Dolan and uh Little Vito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somewhere yeah. In there. Yeah, you do. You love cool. Metallica too, yeah. so you know there's like somewhere. In you between. had your goth yeah. phase, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Stepping in the shit. Anyway, um, also this episode, first appearance and last appearance of Fran Felstein, um, Polly Bergen, legendary legend. Polly Bergen, um, theater legend. Theater legend. She was also, you know, I, I mean, she was cast so great because back in the day, she she hung out with like Sinatra and sure. and those cats and stuff. So she has, she has that air about her that she belongs to that era. Yeah. In real she, life. And just right. has the gravitas as an actress right, to, right, right. to do this. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, though this is not a fan favorite, you can, you can count your blessings because apparently the, uh, uh, the director's cut, Buscemi's cut of this was an hour and 20 minutes long before David Chase cut it down. <laughs> so, and it clocks in now at about 50 minutes. So they shaved a good half hour off. Wow. Damn, those are some long IHOP scenes. <laughs> so, so who knows? Who knows what we lost here? I got to uh, see. I got to see. The, I oh got to see the director's cut. Uh, you know, I bet. I bet a lot of it was taken out of those like flashback scenes. But yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get to it. That's we'll get true. To it. That's probably true. Um, so we got uh, a few storylines here. Let's let's talk up top about uh, Tony and Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, we start off the episode. Tony's at uh, uh, Tony. Actually, Tony is hosting the Bacalas at his mother's house. Uh, they're watching Beethoven eating sure. some burgers. Huge bowl of uh, uh, fucking cheese doodles. Holy shit. Like the I mean, biggest bowl ever. Also, they put a tray. She puts like a dish of like eight burgers in front of the two kids. Yeah, like so. they're appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. This is Sunday dinner, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Her Sunday dinners are all over the fucking place. It's like <laughs> yeah, Outback Steakhouse. I don't like, want to cook pasta. Let's yeah, just get yeah, burgers. Yeah. Doodle, yeah, whatever. Cheese doodles. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Beethoven. I love that. That Tony is just like, fine, I'll sit in the recliner, eat a burger, and watch this fucking yeah. child's P- movie. Pound some high Pound life. some high life. Yeah, oh. sure. Um, but they end up, because they're watching Beethoven, uh, they end up bringing up this dog, Tippy, that they had as as kids. Uh, this was like their family pet back in like the 70s or whatever. Great idiot name that kids would, would name a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, better than Freckles, which <laughs> yeah, is what it was, got renamed to. But uh, we'll get to that. But. Um, Janice, uh, Tony is under the assumption that Johnny boy, that, uh, that Tippy got sick or something and needed to go up to the farm and blah, blah, blah. And Janice lets him know that, uh, Tippy was gassed. Like his father just fucking had this dog killed. Uh, I love that they're, they're both wrong. I, they're both wrong. <laughs> uh, ultimately. Yes. But we know something's up because Tony and his devotion to animals, like, and we know how in what high regard he holds his father to. Right. When he hears that his father just fucking gassed his dog, his childhood dog, <laughs> like that, that rocks him a little bit. Uh, how do you think that went down? Like Johnny Boy told him that he went to a farm and he yeah. believed him, and like Livia probably told Janice the dog was gassed. Or Janice was just like old enough to know like what actually happened. Like, uh, well, but she obviously she, wasn't. She didn't, she didn't yeah. know. Yeah, happened, she yeah. didn't know. Well, oh, did so. Livia tell her it was gas because she knew because she it knew went it went to Fran? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. 
exactly. so so ultimately they in this scene they get a call and uh Quinchette died. Um we haven't met her, but so but, you know, many just, what, fucking so funerals. many ants and, and whatever. <laughs> a lot of funerals this episode. Um but uh they, they they go to the funeral. Tony says, you know, I'm gonna go visit my father's grave. Notice he says my father's grave, not my parents' grave or my you know, even though Livia is right next to Johnny Boy, he's going to he makes it clear he's going to visit Johnny Boy and not Livia. Um and sitting there is Fran Felstein. Um and they connect. Turns out she's Johnny Boy's old Guma. She's a little tone she's a little deaf. Uh some a little. awkward. Yeah. She's he's like, Do I know you? She's like, No, you don't annoy me. That line always felt off to me. Like yeah, it was just so awkward and kind of like little contrived. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Little, I little get much. it. You wanna like make the impression that she's like much older than Tony, but we already understand that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but from there, this kicks off the storyline uh, of the episode. Tony hanging out with his father's uh, old Guma, and it's kind of more or less like a will they, won't they thing. I remember watching this for the first time and being like, please, please don't have sex. Yeah, please. Yeah. I know he had sex with the one legged woman last season, which I thought which felt weird then but like this was like i don't know is it is it the age difference is it that that his father had sex with her like i don't know there's like, so many factors there's a lot yeah. of and she's not like an unattractive woman like no, I, she's I, a beautiful older yeah. woman but like no i i think yeah not to be ageist the age is one thing but yeah, the fact that like this was your father's guma is yeah, like yes. fucking weird. Very strange. And also I just felt like at this they, point in the they series They met at your father's fucking grave. Right. Like like and they had already hammered home that that Tony is such a, you know, he'd fuck a catcher's mitt as Chris says. Like <laughs> right. we know we get it. Like we don't need this this we plot. We get line, it. She so looks like, like I mean, a catcher's so, mitt. Right. So, yeah, I mean, why would they do it? So like did they want to just fucking Fuck with the audience and make you think. Well, this is this. Uh, not to jump all the way ahead to the end of the episode, yeah, but go like for it. you know, we 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 purposely see shots of like the new era of what gumas look like. Mm. It's like the fake tits, like just like very plastic, mm. like no right. class. Um, <laughs> you know, like th- like no offense to the women at the bada bing who are dancing, but sure. we purposely see those shots because. The idea is that, like, this is a lost generation of people. And Tony pines to be his father. Like, he pines to be in a certain era. Like, he, he, like, like, he owns, like, all the, like, he loves History Channel. He owns all this memorabilia, including the JFK hat that he ends up gifting her. Yeah. Like, he wants to be a part of a bygone era. It's the thing from fucking Goodfellas where it's like, you take your, take your, Gumar out on Friday and your right. wife yep, out yep, on yep. Saturday right. or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I will say, I mean, look at, um, not Arena certainly, but but look at Gloria, look at mm-hmm. Valentina. Those those are they are a little classier than the average. They're not the Icelandic air gals, you know. Like sure. they're 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 a little cultured. Um, they're a little different, like I, I than the other guys Gumars, well, uh, and I think that's probably Gloria is very cultured for sure. Yeah. Um. And I think that's maybe, and we're maybe learning where Tony sort of got his penchant for that. I mean, also you can say Gloria and and Valentina and and all his gumas are sort of uh, 
you know, dark and uh, echoes of Livia. echoes of yeah. Livia. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, I mean, and then look at who he married. Like Carmela is, in contrast, you know, very loving and very affectionate, and intellectual, intellect. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're we're learning. What I love about the storyline is we're getting a glimpse at the Tony and how he perceived his father. Uh, that's not really inspected anywhere else in the series. And and right, right. right. This is the only time we're ever we are. Uh, Livia is such a monster, and and she, her she casts such a huge shadow over the entire series. Even though she was out after season two, for the remainder of the series, her presence just like haunts the show like a specter, and we never get a glimpse of humanity of of Livia. Maybe we would have if Nancy Marchand had gone on, had 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 lived a little longer. Sure, R.I.P. Uh, but this 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 storyline gives us that moment to sort of like sympathize with Livia as opposed to Johnny Boy, who we just idolize like Tony for the rest of the series. Um, and through it's through the contrast to Fran Felstein uh, that this happens. You know, they start hanging out. Tony's curious about his dad back then. This and that. Uh, I love that she. Uh, <laughs> That junior was like, "Oh my God! I oh, I bought a ring. I had everything, and then come to, and then you know mm-hmm. I suffered in silence, and then come to find out that uh, that <laughs> well, he got the like, suffering part right, but yeah, yeah, yeah not in yeah. silence. Yeah, uh, weird phone calls and uh, stalking and like I could def. I mean, that's so junior. I love yeah. that. I love. I, I, there's something about like just like you know uh, stories like told from different perspectives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i don't know what i'm fucking no you you get drawing a lot of it. i'm not no i'm trying to like draw it but it's like possible, analogy Jun- to it but like junior legit- I can't but i just i just love that i just yeah. it's, 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 it's great it's and, possible that like all these years go by like i think we do tell ourselves like certain stories about how things like happened especially like at junior's age Maybe in his head he really does believe that that's how it was and doesn't oh, sure. realize that like he oh, was sure. a creep. Yeah, you oh, know? 100%. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's all these characters, and we've said it before, are just continuously like perpetuating whatever lie, whatever narrative they have in their own heads about themselves. And well, Tony, like, Tony t- thinks he's a good guy, you know, like. Well, and Tony's view of his father, too. And, and exactly. Yeah. You He needs to tell himself these stories and he needs to hold he needs to make Livia the villain um, and he needs to hold Johnny Boy in such high regard. Uh I mean, Melfi is like speechless when he's like telling her the story about how this all went down. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, what ends up happening uh, is is Tony is forced to think about this time when, uh, and we get the flashback here where uh, where Livia almost or did miscarry, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, it was and, the, like yeah. fourth child, and almost died. He right. was a teenager. Um, and then, and Johnny Boy had been out with Fran Feldstein, uh, and Livia wasn't able to contact him. And so, when he finally gets to the hospital, like the next day, uh, he he we see, pretty by the much way, just puts it on Tony to be like complicit in his lie. Right. By the way, we see her cooking for Johnny Boy like she did for Tony. Oh right, yeah, like making him dinner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. Tony is forced to cover his dad's tracks when his dad was like out uh, fucking this other woman while his wife almost died in the hospital and they obviously lost their fourth child. Like so fucking tragic 
And when Melfi is sort of like, hey, what do we do with the woman after all these years? Like, look, she had her faults, but can you forgive her? Can you can you ever see like how she may have become that woman based on your father's behavior and your like complicity in your father's behavior? Like, well, and Gandolfini is so fucking good in this episode because we see him in spots realize that mm. but he refuses to actually voice like admi- like actually admit it in words you 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 see him actively struggle uh and, and through his wonderful acting like just his like, face you see, see yeah. him seeing that she covering it she, up in his own she bought head. she bought the shoes instead of like getting her like phone turned back on yeah right she she was smoking when his father had already like come down with fucking emphysema right. like uh, he's he's starting to see like you know those embers of like maybe this isn't like the like right. greatest person that I like I hold in high regard because I hold my father in high regard and he knows it too yeah but let's let's talk you really have to talk about this moment where she sings happy birthday to him because this <laughs> is you? what everybody remembers no it's true but but everybody's like the, oh my god so it's the cringe. thumbnail it's the thumbnail of the episode yeah. you know on HBO Max I mean, it's it's it is very cringy I, I remember yeah. watching it for the first time and being like God yeah, fuck no please like, let this please. end mm-hmm. yeah. but but I love I love that it's it's a cringy moment that is meant to be cringy yeah and clearly Polly Bergen <laughs> sells it and Busan and like. Like the choice to have her pretty much look directly into camera and sing it, so she is essentially singing to the viewer. Like that's intentional. Like they want you to cringe in this moment. And yeah. I love anything that you could just passively watch that makes you feel that like guttural instinctual reaction where you're just like, ugh, no, fuck. Like you're getting like, like chills of disgust. <laughs> Uh, whereas Fair. like there's cringy moments with like massive genius where I'm like, Oh God, that's terrible writing. Or like, <laughs> like you that's... see the tray of tripe and you're like, Ooh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's moments in the series where it's like not intentionally cringy. This is, this is one where I really think that they were forcing the viewer to sort of like have experience this cringe moment with Tony. Why do you think they, they inserted this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why, why, why do you think like they wanted the viewer to, to feel this way? Um, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think they're fucking with you a little bit. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think they are trying to be like, oh, they, like they let's make the audience think that to, he's going to fuck her. Yeah, elicit that sort um, of reaction. So, um, mission accomplished. But also, yeah. maybe, is, is this the moment, like, does he think, like, when he goes over there for dinner, like, there's a chance he might have sex with her? And then, in that moment, he changes his mind. I, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, he, d- Mm. I don't think he ever really thinks maybe not consciously, but maybe that's a moment where he's like, like he, he's creeped out by her. Like I mean, he, Mel- never Mel- any, he never has any indication that he's lusting her after or anything like that, where he normally nothing does like verbally, but I don't yeah, know. But like, I don't know. It's, what, it's, when I has, never... when has Tony done like really nice things? Like giving $150,000 <laughs> over to somebody that... fucking beating up Phil <laughs> like giving right. a like a JFK fucking uh, captain's hat, which you know he it's, fucking loved. That's exactly. more just like, from like, the pilot episode. How many way. times does Tony do that for anyone, let alone like some You're woman right. who he just met? You're right. right. I think that's more just like honoring his father. Um, I, and I, not, I think that's I, I think that's I think that's part of it. I think, for sure. I think it's I think it's 
95 percent that i don't yeah. think he has any sort of like attraction to this woman and i, I really don't see i disagree i, I always think the they, subtext is there i i, I always I read it like they're he fucking did. with you i think there's i think there's really no subs like there he he he's attracted to her and he's attracted to the whole her whole mystique but sure. i don't think he has any real like desire like he you see his desire with Melfi yeah. and 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 everyone else, but like there's no desire. And I think so. I think they're fu- they're really fucking with you because they're like, well, it's Tony. Like he can fuck anything. Sure. That we that is <laughs> he- what we I know. Hear you. And yeah. but I really don't see like any behavior within the actor and the actor's performance and like anything like that that would suggest that he's going to do this. But See, I definitely think I disagree. the direction and the writing they makes want you, you to that. think that, right? Sure. In my opinion. I don't know. Like for me, I think it's not the typical way that Tony is attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the way that uh Gandolfini plays it, the way that it's directed is that he's kind of thrown through a loop cuz she is an old woman. Right. <laughs> but he is finding himself attracted to her. And like, mm. I mean, look at how he talks about her at the end of the episode at right. the bottom bang. It's right. like he's like making up shit about her. Like she she was, you know, obviously embellishing her relationship with JFK. Yeah, but I, I still think that's well, just re- related to your dad. Sure. And but, it's but, like the fact they they purposely have a group of the guys sitting around and yeah. he's talking about her like, Oh, this fucking broad, like, like embellishing you know, the story. Embellish, yeah. You know, like still the, the way that Artie is like looking at him. It's like he's telling a story about <laughs> sleeping with someone. I do yeah. love that Artie came in to just do, <laughs> yeah. just to like be oh, so stupid, stupid in right. this for yeah. one scene in this episode. I, whoa, whoa, I still, whoa! He's also a Vesuvio when they're having their creepy romantic dinner. Oh, I know, so he <laughs> yeah, knows yeah, what yeah. she looks like. Uh, he knows, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I don't know. Let, I still let, think it's just a. Just to like prop up his dad, like it's almost like saying, like, I, I agree, you know, but I my, think, you know, my dad was in the FBI, hundred percent, and sure, I think I sure, think that's sure, very sure. important to Tony. I think it's very important to, that Tony projects this, like, my dad was such a legend, you know, he he his guma was almost broke up, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy, like, like that sure. is that's important to him. But let me ask you this: if he didn't want to fuck Fran, or if it wasn't even like you know, deep in his psyche that he wanted to fuck Fran Felstein mm-hmm. uh, and vis-a-vis perhaps his mother. Like, what is with the scene where he's fucking Valentina and then he sees the poster of the dog that yeah. reminds him of, like, this and he and he's like, he seems, like, re-energized and starts fucking her harder. Like, that's very weird, yeah. right? Like, yes. how did you interpret that scene? It's still the same thing. Like, like, why, like, else, still... why else would we see that scene? There's no other reason to see him... Having sex with Valentina, I, 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 but he looks up at a poster of dogs as right, humans, right. which reminds him of Tippy and reminds yep. him of Fran. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! You mean Freckles? But I Fre- mean, sorry, Freckles. But, yeah. I, but why? Why was it a dog and not a woman? Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, like if it was a if it was an elderly woman, and he's like, oh yeah, that's turning me on. It's gonna make me come faster. I don't. Like, I don't think he I, ever in his mind thinks like, hey, I think I could fuck this woman. I, think, I don't think I so. Think, I think it might be a subliminal sort of attraction that you okay. know before before he knows it, like he might end up just doing it because he has no impulse control. I like. 
<laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, but here's the that's the thing. The thing is, is 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 I think that the director is creating that in your head sure. and, oh, and yeah, making yeah. you also never sure. know. But honestly, sure. I, honestly, on rewatching this, I was like, he's never gonna fuck her because. Because well, we know that though, yeah, but yeah. the part of that no, 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 isn't no, no, that no, no, part no. of that. Like, I don't. I don't think. That? I just don't think the beha- his behavior is. is it, it wasn't his as behavior is more suggestively sexual, and as... because also like you know, with the scenes with Melfi and all that stuff, his behavior seems just more suggestive of like right. honoring his father. Let, like, let, let me tell you this though. This he is never what touches I, her really. <laughs> sure. That sure, scene um, where he's fucking Valentina and and he looks up at the dog poster. Yep. Uh, was not shot for this episode. In Buscemi's uh, commentary on the DVD of, of this, he says David Chase inserted that. That was originally shot f- uh, in the uh, season opener, two Tonys. And why? Didn't and he... they didn't use it. Huh. They cut it. And David Chase was like, "Oh, we could use it in this episode." And why did he include Cause it? Just because of the dog? I mean, I guess it, there's new context here, which is uh, which, uh, like doesn't answer anything it just <laughs> just like creates new questions here sure why did J- david chase like hang on to that scene why did he put that scene in two tonys in the season opener and then why yeah. did he not use it and then why did he say like oh i'm gonna use that here i think i and i think <laughs> i think the reason is because he's like i'm trying to be like my father yeah, I, and a little bit like fucking Fran Felstein would be being like his father, and then yeah, also like getting to- this great like uh, revenge against Livia. Like, not only did Johnny Boy, uh, you know, betray you by fucking this this woman who you believed was a whore. And- like, I'm gonna do it too. Yeah, when he like, sees, that's what I'm saying. He like, sees, he's, he's, he sees her as like the the better version of of Livia mm, like mm. he sees her as like the mother he wanted for a while I for think. a while I think by the end he's yeah. but also that, he hates until he remembers the story but he sure. I don't think he likes the fact that she's shitting on her yes like, no no that's no that's clear no. by Gandolfini's performance you could she tell says, yes. Livia so was dressed I, like so a refugee I no, so right. I really don't think he has any any attraction to her I think he's attracted to his father's life. And like yes. that's I why he fucks Valentina. I think it's a mix. Eh, I think it's more. I think it's more this way. But like, that's why he goes to fuck Valentina because he's like, uh, or they included that because it's like, well, he he's just like that's you know he. Yeah, oh, this is gotta, what my dad did. This is what I do now. Right. I'm still like or, him. He's got to get out of his system because he's right. like, oh, Fran <laughs> got me fucking all wound up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I, mean, hear, I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, no, 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 I get. It. He, I think it's. He, I think I do. He, he I do gets, think it's more the attraction to his father's mystique, yeah, right, right. Than it than it is. Uh, I'm so fucking like uh, hard for this There's woman. No, yeah. right. But I do think a part there is a sliver of him that is attracted to her for a number of reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, not so, as much. Not you know. <laughs> I just said not as much. There, there's there's, like there's 90, no answer. Hey, listeners, five percent, five percent. Let us know what you think the per- yeah. Let us know what you think the percentage. Chime is. in with percentages yeah, 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 here. Yeah. What what? How much was Tony um, attracted to her sexually, and how much was he just attracted? Look, if to we didn't include the, but, if they didn't inc- have the, the, um, Mr. President scene, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think you would think that. Like, yeah, but, but they, they did, really, and they they. Yeah, they they're like, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. They they had fun fucking with us this episode, and and how much people still cringe at this episode almost twenty years later. It's like the, it's job well done. Yeah. Uh, 
but we Constant. from this storyline, you know, the whole thing with like the 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 midget car racing or whatever the fuck it is, I don't understand that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I love that. The, I love yeah, the racetrack. What that grift is, right? That uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Boy had owned it, uh, partially with Hesh I as mean, well, and and it's just Phil a place to, just a place to clean money, obviously. Like probably really. sure. Uh, Fran had been promised this by Johnny Boy, or so she says, um, uh, a certain percentage because. You know, he he obviously had a lot of affection for Fran and couldn't write her into his will. So he had promised her, like, I'm, I'm going to give you whatever percentage of this uh, racetrack in in New Egypt. Um, so she tells Tony this. But like, I, I, I think their original meeting at uh, Johnny Boy's grave was coincidence. But how far into that do you think? Do you think she was she, manipulating Tony purposefully? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Also, I th- to get I think this money. We we purposely see the reactions. Granted, fucking Phil is a piece right. of shit, but right. we see the reactions from Phil and more importantly from Hesh to to her. Mm. Uh, obviously, they're trying to protect like keeping their money. Right. Uh, but I think if he was a it, uh, sorry, if, if Fran Feldstein was a bigger deal as she made herself out to be to Johnny Boy, they would have like respected her a little bit more, especially Hesh. True, yeah. Hesh especially. Yeah. Mm. And, it, and it seemed like she clearly had embellished her importance to Johnny Boy, I, I so, feel. So like. you think um, she whatever? so she ends up getting uh, – what was it? 150 grand. K, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you think that that's not what Johnny boy originally intended? Do you think that's more than what he intended for her? I mean, uh, percentage wise, not numbers wise, because I also do. We, do we believe her? Right. Believe yeah. Her? Did, did she just make it? Did she see an opportunity? Like, Oh, your father always said, like if I was ever in a yeah, jam, why call is she, you. Why like, is she there at that time? Like, right. like, um, I don't know. It, I mean, I think that's or, or also you, another thing to like create in your head. Like, is this, is she like cunning she's and conniving yeah. here? Right. Did she know that the racetrack was being sold? Although it was Tony's idea to go down to the racetrack, and and that's where they saw like the sign that yeah, was like could last have, race. But, but going Saturday. but going down there like didn't get it sold. <laughs> yeah, know? she could like, have known true. already. Right. Yeah. And yeah. but did she know like so and so got you know funeral was happening? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that would be pretty possibly. Crazy. But but I who's don't know. to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? You know, she does like. I do think we're purposely sort of led down that uh, that path on this episode through Tony's eyes. When as the episode progresses, we kind of see him, yeah, kind of like you know second guess like what her motives are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and ultimately, there's no definitive answer. Um, but well, his, but the way they painted his love, her towards his the end love of the episode, for his, his love for his dad is like so undying that uh, you know that blinding, ultimately wins yeah. out. Right. I mean, obviously, by the end, you know, Melfi, uh, Melfi is sort of pushing for him to be like to forgive Livia and, mm-hmm. and and understand like how Johnny Boy was complicit. And this is the only time in the series we get that. And and just the that final shot of the episode, you get the limp biscuit playing, dude. Oh, so. So tight, uh, yo. What's but him, like taking what's the shot? Ninety nine, baby. Smoking the cigar, and it's just like him. Like, hey, life goes on as as usual. I'm not gonna think about this anymore. Like, I'm not gonna change my narrative that I've created in my head. Yep. Livia was evil. My mother was evil. 
Johnny Boy was a fucking hero. Uh, and, and, and that's just the easier way for him to go on with life. But to now, continue yeah. believing it. But now, what's the next episode? Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Is it interesting that this episode is before that? Why? Because he goes back with Carmela. Yeah, yeah, and how like this like like this ep- like this episode deals with like his relationship with his mother, his mm-hmm. relationship with his Gumar, his dad's how his how his marriage with with uh, his dad's marriage. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And True. like you know, as, as this whole season is dealing with like relationships. And women, yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. women's relationship, you know, yeah, men yeah. and women relationships. I mean, like the power say, dynamic. Yeah, you could like, say yeah. the same thing for yeah. the, you know, Carmela and um, Wagler and the yeah, episode prior. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, true. it's 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 kind of obviously there's 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 a theme, and it, I, I I'm more appreciative like uh, of this episode because like, well, now we really understand his mentality and like, you know, why maybe what happens in the next episode happens. So right. even though he, so you're saying even though he doesn't admit to himself that, that uh, Johnny boy was perhaps not the idealized father and husband uh, that he has in his head, like realizing that subliminally s- sort of set him on his path to reconnect with his wife, Carmela, as opposed yeah. to, okay. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I think that does sort of tie the, the, the episodes together. I never thought about that, but yeah. that's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, the Junior storyline here. Uh, not as much to dive into. You know, Junior has been struggling this season with his mental health, his uh, his memory, but I guess it's improved uh, since Where's Johnny, episode three this season, where he, he stepped out. Uh, he was having the infarcts and the mini strokes and going crazy. Now he's, now he's under house arrest, and he's just sort of, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, struggling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he's taking any opportunity to get out of the house. He goes to every funeral he can, uh, even with you know tenuous connections to the deceased. Uh, <laughs> he's jovial. He's singing volare. He's yeah. uh, the chicken's nice and spicy, and uh, you know we inappropriate. We, yeah, inappropriate. I mean, there's a, like he he goes to like the the funeral of a, a child who drowned in a jacuzzi. Yeah. And he's just like enjoying himself, you know. Yeah. And Tony calls him out early in the episode. He's like, "I could pay my respects from the after party." He's like, "After party, right?" <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but so I, I mean, you know, after so many funerals that he manages to get himself uh, permission by the FBI to go see, he has this breakdown. Um, Bobby and Janice and Tony need to sort of escort him out. They consult his physician in the end, and. And and Junior has this moment where he's like, you know, I'm living in a grave here. Like, what is the point of anything? Yeah. I don't know, have like, kids. I don't have kids. Can somebody explain this to me? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's an affecting moment. But, yeah. like, wh- why do you think – what is the point of this storyline for Junior? Because we know he, we knew he was miserable already. Right. Uh, we know that he's going to continue to be miserable uh so what do we learn how did this change like any storyline for for junior or did it I, like i don't even know what is I the mean, value in this i story mean now is? as you think about now as you say it yeah. and as they like talk about the medication and i feel like i really i know a little bit about like you know neurological medication sure. a little bit i don't yeah. know a lot i'm not your saying, father is a neurologist yeah, yeah. so and i feel like medication at that time 
for Alzheimer's, like, did give you a boost, but ultimately, but it just... It's, it's temporary. It, it, it can't. Yeah. Very, very temporary. But yeah. it seemed more than like the memory. What was failing him was the mood. Uh, well, the and you know, you, and, you know, and well, and I think just with any sort of neurological thing, like you can goes easily, hand in hand. You can easily yeah. just get depression. Right. You can sure. easily just get anxiety. Like you're, sure. you know, you can easily just like all of a sudden fall into, yeah, a deep depression. But also, and I like, think that's what's going on. And I think it's just like we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing. Oh yeah, this is real. Like his 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 degenerative state is going sure. to continue. Yeah, 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 and it does for the for the remainder right. of the season. Right, sure. um, right, and it does by the end of the season. Junior is not the junior that we knew and loved. Yeah, uh, and and of course, the bulk of the series. Of course, in season six, we know what happens. So you know, <laughs> yeah, like he's really lost. Yeah, and also um, you know like you can you can you can also I think if you have a neurological condition, you can also like become hyper. Sure. Yeah, you know. Like you know, you and then all of a sudden fall into depressive state. You know, right. so it's do, do all we over think, the place. Because I mean, I would like to think that the writers put put this kind of B storyline in this episode for a reason. Mm. Do we think that the um, the stoking of the memory of Fran Feldstein also kind of has? something to do with it whether he realizes it or definitely not definitely could like yeah, at the top the fact, of the episode the fact yeah. that he like it hits him that like he never had a family right um so like, he, he maybe yeah. that's been, thinking been about, maybe that's you know, been stoked what could have been like right. that, at least in his head uh yeah but but also just <laughs> your only interaction with the outside world of his fucking house in belleville is going to funerals <laughs> yeah. for children for and and ultimately you know uncle zio who i think he he knew Right, right. Um, you know, people, uh, you're gonna break down after a certain amount of death and being of faced course. with that. Um, no matter how old you are, no matter how vulnerable you are, and whatever your you know neurological state is, like yep. that's gonna weigh on you. Uncle Zio kept the glasses on uh, in <laughs> yeah. the uh, open casket. Well, he died. Did um, he? Spells you thought it maybe missing an eye? I think he had a glass yeah. eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe he, had, eye. he had a weird eye yeah. for that. Yeah, that's for sure. Eye. It could have yeah. just been, yeah. It was a, uh, in, his, in his last wishes. Like, one, keep the glasses that, on. He was diagnosed with weird eye. An eye where they couldn't close the lid. <laughs> so my guess is there was no eyelid. I, I, right? Yeah, because I, I don't know. Why Why? why do you? Because if you don't have an eye, or like you can, I, actually, I don't know how it works when you don't have an eye. <laughs> hey, any yeah, listeners who eye. perhaps have lost an eye, hey, write in. Yeah, know, is there an eyelid? Up. Is there an eyelid if you don't ha- if you have like a glass eye? I have um, no but, idea. But why do you go? Because you would close you, someone's eyelids in a casket. Yeah. Why do you go not, with the uh, the the one uh, darked out lens versus just an right. eye patch? That's I mean, the question. I mean, oh. pra- practically well, for like art direction's sake, I think we just want to remember that that was that guy. Right, but they that's ch- the guy. But yeah. they also ch- they chose to. Put, like we've had people die like in an episode where like right. they mention them and then they're dead and like we don't real like <laughs> right. it takes a few watches yeah. to remember like oh that's who oh, Beppy was yeah, like yeah. you know exactly yeah. someone but they chose to put that guy like I mean maybe the actor was like actually w- w- like wore those glasses was someone's to, like, someone's uncle probably was like you know someone who needed glasses. But didn't want to put the eye patch behind Wait, the didn't, glasses. Didn't you so say it was Buscemi? Is Buscemi's so uncle? Uncle Zio is is the guy is uh, Steve Buscemi's actual yeah. uncle, right? No. So maybe he needs glasses, right. for Perhaps, his for yeah. his one good eye, right? Yeah. But also he doesn't want to wear an eye patch underneath <laughs> the glasses, so he's like, well, I just 
I patch out the other leg. Ha- half transitions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So who I sent mean, me? Get at us! Like, let us know what happened there. Yeah, please. I mean, whatever happened know, there. I mean, whatever happened. Yeah, right? it's great. It's a good uh, choice. Ultimately, not the the most memorable junior storyline, but no, but, but great know. acting by Dominic. Oh Kimi, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then let's move on to Christopher and JT. Yeah. So we uh, we first meet JT. When he's telling his story at the uh, at the Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he's a screenwriter. And how he missed a deadline for Nash Bridges, Hell and yeah. how that somehow <laughs> led to him doing heroin, and then that's where he met Chris up in Pennsylvania, where uh, you know at the end of season four, Chris, uh, you know, t- goes up to rehab. Um, uh, what, what were your guys' first impressions of uh, Tim Daly as JT Dolan? I mean, I remember it's being great. like, "Yeah, great!" Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I love Tim Daly, and uh, also, I think it's a great. Well, obviously they didn't predict that they were gonna cast him mm-hmm. in the show in season three. Yeah, but like the fact that like we get that taste like when uh, they're like talking oh, about no, Tim no Daly, Tannen no Tannenbaum's uh, no Tannenbaum's father, father yeah. talking about Tim Daly, yeah. uh, like the fugitive, the TV show. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess, I guess David fun, Chase um, had been uh, part of some ser- short-lived series that Tim Daly was like. Uh, like principal cast in not surprising though. yeah yeah uh, which is i guess why they they brought him on i was saying during the episode and i never i i mean i don't have a huge gripe with it but there's something about like i feel like somebody else could have nailed this role a little more like i, I just i feel like he's he plays it up like a little who? too i, I don't bro- know, I don't know I mean, somebody yeah, darker he always plays like the sort of like good guy like uh affable clean yeah but don't uh, you buy that he's like this fucking tool bag i I will i will say by the time we get into his like descent where he's like going back into drugs and stuff i think it's (laughs) i think it's great having to work on cleaver yes oh my god (laughs) but he's got good but at the beginning Uh, he's got to look affable and clean because yeah he's like he i feel like he plays the guy of like hey man i got it all together if you need to fucking like you know give me a call anytime no problem. When yeah. really yeah. deep down, you don't have it all together. Right. Yeah. You fucking have nothing together. Yes, exactly. But they but the but that guy puts on a front like yeah. a lot of people in Hollywood do. Sure. Like so I know, thought yeah. I thought he and, played it and like great. I mean, he was going to get high when he leaves like Chris at like fucking IHOP. Like Yeah. Right. Like, probably. Yeah. He's most like likely, yeah. totally pretending to like have it all yeah. together. I don't and, like, I don't think he not. was taking a girl to the Oh, drag. you think so? Oh, I didn't I yeah. No, I thought I, I thought I maybe would, that was true because they were st- starting to plant that like gambling. You know, his addiction has changed from drugs and alcohol to gambling. See, I I uh, think which makes oh, sense. Okay, yeah, maybe he's into gambling now because like yeah. we know that like people just have addictive personalities. But like, I don't think he was meeting a girl there. I think mm-hmm. he just went. He was just like, yeah, it could be. Fuck, I gotta go to the track. Like, I mean, right. he was doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, sure. it, was, well, it could yeah. be just a cover for gambling. But yeah. It's it, it could be. I mean, but just, again, he doesn't just have as addictive. It, as, he doesn't have it all together. You know, right. it's starting. It, obviously, it's the start of a slippery slope with the gambling and uh, like. How sure. many people do we know in this fucking town where like they're pretending that like oh I mean that's what Instagram is though it's I like know, people pretending to like be like fucking living life at the top of the top of the mountain and and then you you hear like oh yeah that person's like all fucked up yeah right jt <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. jt dollar why i don't post on instagram would have been <laughs> posting yeah, yeah. pictures of him with some girl he met at the track <laughs> right, right 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 
you know. Hey, let's create the him the and David fake Lee JT Roth Dolan go Instagram into a account. poker oh, yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so this is the thing. Like a lot of people take issue with this storyline because uh, it's very it echoes the Davy Scatino uh, storyline from season two. You know, somebody who. Not Tony, but Chris was had some sort of like friendship with or or like familiar, uh, you know, we go way back or like I have emotional ties to you. And now uh, I'm I'm going to exploit you. So and, what? And, and like, oh, well, they can't so, do that again. He does, like Tony does it to Artie, too. Like, this is like what they do. Yeah, this is what they do. Sure. But and Chris but, is getting better at it. Right. But I, I guess yeah. I guess my question for to you is, is that a fair assessment? Like when people like call it out for like. Hey, this is sort of a fair. What? Okay, so the better question is, what do you see different? What? What? Is, what are they adding to that sort of story with the the JT and Chris uh, story here? Uh, Chris, Chris, it, um, is uh, rehab is actually helping him. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe he's fallen off a little bit. He had a glass of wine, smoked some weed. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but like, he's now being a better criminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you but know. it also seems like he genuinely is—he genuinely tries to steer him right when it comes to like the heroin part. Like, but it's also like no, it's all bullshit. It, it's like, yeah, it's easy. But, but, bullshit. but does Chris realize? Ultimately, it's what what happens? Uh, like he uses like their relationship that Chris only has because he went to rehab to bring in fucking tens of thousands of dollars back into the family, right? Like, I mean, Chris's the, rehab didn't like fucking help him get sober. It just helped him bring more money into the fucking organization. Well, same same with Tony and Melfi. Like, to, sure. Melfi helped Tony be a better criminal. Like, this is this is perhaps like a running theme of the series. Like, well, this sort of like uh, rehabilitation or therapy or whatever it is, like the modern treatment for for these type of people, like ends up making them sharpening their skills as criminals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you uh, you said does Chris realize his bullshit? I mean, does anybody do any of these characters realize their own hypocrisy? Uh, sometimes, 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 but sometimes. But, but for but the they most also part, like no. they, to... they lie to themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not in a um, way where they're like, I gotta change. No, like, <laughs> no, yeah. no. Well, because the 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 second that JT hints that he's he's gambling, Chris is like, I could cut you in at this high stakes poker game. Like, yeah, he sees oh, there's it. no he sees coincidence there. Look, Tony. Let I mean, yeah, I I don't have a problem with like it feeling like some sort of overlap with Scatino because. This is a part of their business. I mean, how, like, how do you get how do you get high rollers in there? <laughs> Everyone can't be David Lee Roth and fucking the the Dick Doctor and LT. <laughs> you know, this is you true. have to have fucking Gamooks come in and like yeah. fucking also, rip like, them off too. David Lee Roth probably comes in and doesn't lose as much as like right. someone like that. Right. No. You need some you need some idiots to come like just put their money in the pot. Basically. Yeah, they're always looking for those people. Um, also, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just he's gambling with condoms anyway. <laughs> He's right out Just write him off. <laughs> Used to write out Ken. Uh but yeah, I mean I I think what's interesting to me, like there's no other story that illustrates Chris's uh sociopathy. Like he he's a sociopath <laughs> than this storyline because he it mm-hmm. seems like he's so split and both sides are just so unaware of themselves. Like when he sees that he has driven, he himself has driven JT back to heroin, basically. Yes. Like he's like, "What are you doing, man? Yeah. You gotta call me. Like I, you like, call me up. I'll help you." But he's when, and, like, and and he's relishing pulling this guy through the ringer who is living the life that he actually really wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the, the part where, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I got out of that industry because uh, <laughs> John, <laughs> you know, John Favreau <laughs> fucked me over. Yeah, yeah. He has like some choice that. words for Favreau. Choice and, words oh, for Favreau. Like then, you were in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I love that they uh, they they bash uh, a, a Dr. Strangelove poster uh, over Dolan's head. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and he's like, what is this, Pulp Fiction? And little yeah. Paul, he's like, I don't know. I've never I seen it. I've never seen it. He really, you think he's really never seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah, little yeah. Paulie's the biggest dummy ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, um, but yeah. So ultimately, he's like, I've seen Pulp Comics on Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> ultimately, hey uh, kids out there, you know, like, Google it, Google it, kids. JT loses some writing jobs. He, uh, you know. He's he's in debt to Christopher. He gives his car that he loves to Christopher, and that's, and I guess I guess by the end of this episode, I was like, oh, this is just a one off character we're never gonna see again. And the story was kind of like meh. That's like, true. Whatever. Uh, knowing that that J T Dolan comes back and is is sort of like, you know, sharpens uh, the edge of Christopher's arc in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know after he ends up killing J T in uh, season in six six B. Christopher like he has like one more scene and then he's dead like that's like sort of like the sharpened point on Christopher's arc like shooting that guy in the head and I think he I think that's appropriate I think they sort of play that really well and of course the whole Cleaver stuff is like really funny you know this is this it it also seemed like such a not cheap but such a a way to for them to uh just make fun of hollywood when he's when he's trying to pawn off the Emmy Emmy. like that's really funny but you know this is yeah exactly uh, TV like d- back then you forget that like you know film film feature film was king and TV was sort of shunned upon. Well, I mean one might say this show changed like was exactly. the turning point in that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- anything else to say about the the app? What do you guys? I, I mean, I I will defend this app. I think on repeat watches, it's it's definitely worth it. That's I fair. Would agree. I, I I always like these apps more like when we're dissecting them for the uh, purposes of the pod. Yeah. yeah. But again, I ain't sitting down at <laughs> two in the morning and watching right. this. Like right. you know, it's not not my first choice. But but yeah, it has its moments and 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 certainly like. You know, I, I, I still hold it in higher regard than I do uh, his. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Um, all right, let's let's move on to the fucking internet. You fucking internet. Yeah. Let's do it. Not a fucking ton of great internet. stuff. Uh we'll comment as we can. 
Um, and please let us know if we're, if we're getting it right, getting it wrong. Uh, this one from user Ropez, R-O-E-P-E-S. Okay. Ro- how, I don't know. Okay. Uh, in Camelot question, why does Tony go the extra mile for Fran on the racetrack sale? Is he doing it to honor his father? Is he doing <laughs> it to get her approval? Is he doing it to flex on Phil? Uh, I'm watching it right now, and this is the first time I thought about this. I suspect it's just a business deal, and Tony knows he can get his end out of Hesh, plus the opportunity to flex on Phil. Fran immediately starts trashing Livia's attire after getting the good news from Tony, and he bounces. It could be a way of honoring his mother, too. I don't know. Anyway, $4 a pound. So <laughs> what, So, question, why, why, does, why is he going the extra mile for, for Fran? We sort of talked Kinda about touched it, on it, but yeah. not not the aspect of like, does he just want to like flex his chops on on Phil as True. a boss? Because yeah. we also see this yeah. episode, you know, that sit down, and we didn't really talk about it. But yeah, yeah. but I'm not after, a kid anymore. Yeah, after he after Tony leaves, you know, uh, Johnny Sack is like, hey, he's a boss, Philly, and Philly's I'm like, kind, Jersey, are, come on. Are like, we <laughs> are we kind of surprised though that like Johnny is so in Tony's camp here? Well, uh, is Johnny the same generation? I guess it's kind of like he is, right? And yeah. Phil, Phil is older, and Phil and Hesh are like the older generation. That's true. So I, 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 I so it's I, a way of Johnny like also wanting respect, like Johnny wanting respect, bit. but also like I also we've seen that Johnny um, is big on on respecting uh, you know made men's women. You know? True, but uh, also like is. Is is Johnny do money from this whole cut probably too? So maybe it's also money that Johnny so maybe is he, owed he, that Phil that up, Phil didn't say shit about. Right, you know, right. This is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think ultimately, like Tony just wanted to do think that he was doing the right thing by this person who his father was so close to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, this sort of ends up being. Um, you know, a, a big issue, but uh, uh, you know, a wedge between New York and New Jersey. I mean, yeah. the next episode, the whole thing with Phil trying to get his car fixed yeah, at yeah. Uh, Angie Bump and Sarah's, like, <laughs> like that's uh, that, yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, I think that's what Tony A thinks that he's doing the right thing by his father, uh, and B, like, if he can just be like, you know, stab flexes his his muscle a little bit as this as the boss of this pygmy thing down in Jersey, then he's gonna do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, this one from user. Cleegain44, Season 5, Episode 7, in Camelot. I'm curious to know why Tony was so seemingly angry talking about his father's former Gumar, Fran Felstein, at the end of the episode. I know it's not just because she took his dog, Tippy. Um, yeah, there's there's moments where, like, Tony, throughout the episode, sort of gives her this sort of, like, sneer. Right, like especially when she's doing well, especially that dance, when she's singing. Like yeah, he yeah. looks like he's gonna be sick. Right, and in the end, like you know, he's he's telling the guys about he's you know regaling these uh, embellished tales at the end at the Bing to Artie and, and Silvio and and Tony B. Uh, but he ends up like just sort of like smoking his cigar and taking his shot, and he looks like he's just sort of not really relishing in it. Like, why do you think that? that's sort of the emotion we're reading on him like in those in that moment like i mean do you think that him how conscious is he is he that he is sweeping shit under the rug basically do do you think that him recounting the story of um his mother in the hospital makes him sort of feel 
uh, whether it's conscious or not, makes him feel yeah. like um, maybe I've messed up by like going like jumping through hoops for this woman. I think, I think so, yeah. And I think it makes him feel bad for his mom. Yeah, how, what she had to put up with, you which know. is why he embellishes the story about who this woman was and to she, the guys. And you know, she shits on her a lot, and like I think I think they play that so well because it's like still it's, his mother. It's still his mother, yeah. and it's like you know, you know, it's it's like when like your whole family shits on like a family member. Yeah, but like, then we someone, can do it. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 but right. then someone else like she's you know, like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah exactly. right, right. Oh, right. you just fucked my dad. <laughs> yeah. Right, like right, you can't, you don't right. have the right to say that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's that's sort of like what he's feeling. I think. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, they play and, that and I think. I mean, we great. did see him get like emotional. Like, he was he was fighting back tears when he was sort of relating that story in the in Melfi's office. Mm-hmm. Like he he knew at least for a brief moment that that was something that that he should feel guilty about and he did feel guilty to the to the to point it brought him on the verge of tears and then he just fucking stuffs it back down so quickly right. fuck her he says you know immediately afterwards he cannot yeah. he cannot give an inch uh, towards Olivia because yeah. it's such an easier so thing for him to yeah. live with because he's been living with it his entire life that i hate uh, my mother uh, hated me and and i i despise her and you know but to in infringe upon his revered memory of his dad is like he can't even touch that yep. he, yeah he, he yep. would fall apart maybe this is some of the reason why he gets back with carmen the next uh, yeah, yeah. The next exactly episode. yeah <laughs> so this one from user thero gugan yeah, uh, the most cringeworthy one. episode question mark that freaking old lady is so much cringe <laughs> i can't handle when she's singing happy birthday to tony ugh i want to skip this episode every rewatch so not a question per se but do you guys uh would you put any other moment or episode uh more cringeworthy than this cringeworthy <laughs> I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, it's really up there. There are cringy uh, deaths, but that's a different sort of thing than this. Yes. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, I I think, and I sort of talked about this. I uh, hate that word, cringe. I, exactly. Yeah. Like, I it, I think there's <laughs> like a difference uncomfortable. between there's a difference between um, like cringe where you're like. Oh, why did they write that line, or why did they deliver it like that, or like right. why did they like? Ugh, why is that wipe like that? But yeah. this yeah. this was intentional cringe, right? right? Yeah, and I yes. think there's merit in that. Yeah, like, I like that. So I mean, sure. stuff for me like, you know, uh, any uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, yeah. My mom was like getting on me oh, about that's my true. future. Oh, that's stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like boarding, like that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff makes me cringe. Like the terrible, like teenage. Also, no, a lot of like Noah stuff too. No, but he's like uh, also in, he's like in punches lights out. Yeah. Like, also, borderline intentional cringe. I think. Oh, I think totally. They want you to side with Tony in that? But totally. Like, but yeah, I mean, this this is this is probably the most cringeworthy like, moment <laughs> in the show. It's right. it's yeah. but off, it's intentional. Uh, off the I mean, top of my head, yeah. I mean, yes. Don't yes. just look at it from a fucking like level of a woman. Just you know, yeah. Uh, you know, an older woman coming on to somebody. No, it's like, the way it's look shot. Look into and it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like listen yeah. to the podcast and fucking like see how we broke it down and There's how fucking a reason. awesome and important it is and how we're right <laughs> and we know what we're talking about. In Camelot, 
best episode of the series. We're saying it right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So this one, user, I am VKR. Guys, mm-hmm. come on. Um, in the episode, in Camelot, Tony chases down Phil Leotardo for an outstanding debt. Tony sees Phil and shouts across the street to get his attention, and Phil ignores him because of the money he owes. After Tony chases him and Phil crashes his car, Phil is in bad shape, and Tony holds him by his hair, and you can see Phil is in pain. Why doesn't Phil hold this against Tony when he is acting boss? Um... Because he's wrong. <laughs> uh, he knew he was dodging the guy. He knew he was ducking him. Also, I kind of think he does, well, he does maybe a little bit. Doing what he does. Well, but I mean, it, but th- it's not because of this. It's because no, of like fucking no. Billy. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is it's peanuts how, compared to Tony, that animal. I can't even a, say his name. This uh, is a part of like. Killing his brother. Like it's a, This is a part of the life. But this also is the start. I mean, I mean, I mean, the scene before at the sit down is like. The start of how uh, this is how we know Phil views Tony, yeah. right? You know? yeah. So and and he does hold him like the ne- like the next episode with the like fucking car getting fixed. He right. does. He does. He breaks balls. Yeah, right. he thinks he's nothing. He thinks right. he's a pygmy. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, like Jersey. we look at how much Ralphie was upset when Tony hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a made guy. You know. Phil is certainly a made guy who who, who did his he time. did twenty yeah. fucking yeah. years as right. we know. <laughs> right. Like, uh, why didn't Phil, why didn't Phil bring that up as like a as like a you know I'm a made guy you can't yeah. fucking do this. You know no how one, many no grilled one, cheeses I had off the radiata? <laughs> right. No yeah. one else was around. Yeah, sure. And, and and you know Johnny Sack had sort of ruled in Tony's favor earlier right, in the episode, right, so right. Yep. he knew he wasn't getting any support there. Right. Um. I guess that answers your question. I don't know. Uh, he, he he certainly enacts on his grudge towards Tony, if not for that particular reason. But, you know, yeah. we see it play out. Uh, this one from user S word of the morning. Um, season five, episode seven in Camelot. I noticed at the first game, 29 minute mark, where JT, Chris, Chris's sponsor, uh, was playing and losing his shirt. The dealer dealt the first up cards from the bottom of the deck. Do we interpret that as a production goof or that this particular game was crooked? Wait, when does it went? Uh, so when the, does the, the dealer first, do the it? First, um, uh, the, the first time we see him sits in on, at the executive game. Um, uh, the guy was dealing from the bottom of the deck. To who? To everyone? I, mean, I guess to everyone. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, Didn't notice uh, it. Uh... It yeah. would be interesting I mean, if he dealt to the bottom of the deck to like Vito. Yeah, I mean we 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 talked about it. Like somebody's gonna get soaked at these games. Like wh- whether it's like legitimately like new blood true, coming in. True, and, but and, like, wouldn't you like? I mean, JT not necessarily, but the rest of the guys would notice that unless right. that's like you know. Unless it's part of it, unless it's it's vetoes in on it. Uh, I mean, more likely just. No, a, I mean, if just you're, a but there's up, other guys at the executive up. game, so yeah. And, and dealing from the bottom of the deck, I mean, unless you do it, I mean, we didn't notice, I guess, but <laughs> unless yeah, you, you did, do it very I, I uh, skillfully and stealthily, like you, oh, that's you a, could do it, and then people not notice, especially sure. at a place where you're tired, yeah, and mm-hmm. drinking, sure. yeah, and yeah, casual. Yeah. You could definitely. Oh yeah, of course. 
All right. Well, so what? Do you, what, what chance do you do you give it that they were actually like fucking? I want to see it now. I want to see if he, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, he deals to, to everyone from the bottom of the deck. Yeah. Then I guess I would say, what the fuck are they uh, doing? Yeah. But if like he deals to one person mm. from the bottom, um, that's a great choice. <laughs> yeah. If it's just Devito who's like fucking killing everybody, right, like right, right. yeah, which yeah, he is. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll go back and, and, and look. But if anybody knows, uh, write us and, yeah. and we'll. It's interesting. It out. Uh, and this last one from user Glig2921. Oh, Did Tony have a brother? In the In Camelot episode, a Tony's cousin or Tony just a good friend? <laughs> inside in- jokes inside that jokes three people pod. that yeah. don't listen to this pod would get. Oh, yeah. Hackoff's listening right now. Definitely. Uh, in the In Camelot episode, Tony sees a picture of his old dog with Fran Felstein's son. Is the son Johnny Soprano's bastard? The timeline checks out, and the kid in the picture had a similar feature to Teenage Tony in the flashback later in the episode. What do you guys think? (laughs) That is an interesting point that I didn't think about. But, yeah, the kid in the picture does kind of look like... uh, Resemble the casting for Tony. The casting uh, of young Tony, Teenage Tony or whatever. Uh, Uh, Possible. It's possible, yeah. Yeah, why not? It's possible, but Uh. also I feel like... Fran, if she Fran have, thought, she mentioned that she would have mentioned that she would have tried Maybe to not. have Johnny Boy like like cover for her. She would have said like. Hey, this is your father's. But also, maybe that's why Johnny Boy would have like been promising her stuff. Maybe that's why he gave her the dog, right? <laughs> and and true. And maybe he said, "Never say this," you know. Right. So so even after his death, she's keeping even even if. I mean, what do you think Tony's reaction to that would have been? Like, oh my he God. would have been like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So he wouldn't it would have, have been too much to him. comprehend. Yeah. So he would have thought it was. Yeah. Bullshit. Look at his reaction to like learning about Eccoli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that like was just his uncle, like right. that he never knew. Yeah. Like, I mean, imagine, that's a great. Like, that's a great thing. I never noticed it. It's a great I, point. I, I wouldn't be su- surprised if that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Well, they they planted it there, but you know. Yeah. You know, he, that guy what is did they in say uh, Tel Aviv. He, he's off he's, in Tel Aviv. Yeah, he married yeah. an Israeli woman, and, and he's off in Tel Aviv. And mm-hmm. He would have been – I think he's a lot younger than Tony. But uh, It is kind of interesting, though, that they she they, they they do mention him. Yeah, right. They, and show they mention a, picture a story him. about yeah. him and show a picture of right. him. Right. Like, right. We'll spend time saying why well, what this kid did. Yeah. It's possible that it's, it's not just to show the dog. See, sure. why doesn't the Vanity Fair person ask this fucking <laughs> exactly, question yeah. of David Chase? Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is there <laughs> sort of uh, 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 a Vanity Fair piece that just came out today, actually, uh, on Many Saints in Newark. They interviewed David Chase. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's sort of uh, – they're playing softball. There's not a lot there. Uh, he talks a little bit about, like, you know, retrospective, like how the series has become uh, – has had this resurgence with, and we talked about it, like Gen Z and shit, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and how he's surprised at how it's still relevant. He thought when he was making it, it wasn't going to be relevant in twenty years. You know, the cell phones are fucking different, and the cultural references are are different. But like, ultimately, it's proving to be just as part of the fucking, you know, the pandemic. Like this yeah. was this was like a huge. Uh, yeah, had a huge resurgence. Like people were like, yeah. I'm going to watch the Sopranos for the first time. Yeah. Or Even I'm people visit like, the Sopranos and people we've had on as guests who aren't yes. Gen Z, like watched it for the multiple first time. time. Yeah. Multiple yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, check out the article. It doesn't really say too much about many saints. Uh, but Hey, we're, we're a couple months away now, two months yeah. away. Counting down. Less. Counting so down. Cannot stay wait. tuned. 
That's yep, it. Yep, That's yep. all I got for fucking internet. Good stuff. Uh, listeners, as always, uh, if you have thoughts, concerns, things you like, things you don't like, give us an old email at <laughs> osopranospod at gmail.com. Give us a follow uh, on the socials at Instagram and Twitter at osopranospod. Give us a five-star review on the old iTunes. That shit helps. <laughs> Even if you fucking hate this podcast, if you're still listening by episode 60 fucking six. In the I very think, end yeah, of the yeah, episode. Yeah. I think you probably think it's all right. Uh, but, yeah, let us know shit that you want us to talk about. Because I, I think uh, we're, we're happy to also like start to like do some episodes that um, aren't uh, necessarily centered around specific episodes especially like yeah. once we once we close out season five um happy to do some other like sort of like more interesting uh deep dives yeah uh but yeah until then just uh you know let us know how you fucking give us the five stars okay? give us the five stars i think we're fucking <laughs> until next week Welcome to BreezeLine, where next-level internet speeds mean next-level productivity. Whether it's back to school, back to work, or back to reality, don't let slow internet slow down your game. Kick it up a notch with a game-changing offer of 1 gig fiber-fast speeds for only $59.99 per month. Choose BreezeLine and get next-level internet and faster speeds backed by a fiber-powered network. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more.